This show is part of the Miles Offside Podcast Network. Visit twitter.com slash milesoffsidepod for more information. And now, on with the show. another episode of the Miles Offside Podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nothing. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy From Afar, and with me, as always, is my co-host Chuck Bailey, and with me most of the time, I guess, is super producer, emphasis on the super, Correct. Ian Simpson. At last. Hello. What was I supposed to say for Ian? I forgot. Sometimes. Always super producer, man who puts in the most effort for this. That is definitely true. It's aged me horribly. And he doesn't look like Phil Collins. <laughs> I've shaved all my hair off now. I've given up fully just because you said that in the last pod. <laughs> did it hurt? Did that hurt? I apologize if it if it did. You know, the truth no, hurts I'll sometimes. Fight, I'll fight the losing battle anyway, but it was the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, it was, it was only emotional battery. That's fine, isn't <laughs> exactly. it? That's fine. <laughs> oh, man. How was, uh, how was everybody's weekend? Well, Peterborough didn't make the playoffs. Oh. That defined my weekend. They'd done a win, though. Yeah, we did our bit. I think it's only like the second or maybe third time where all three of our teams have won on the same weekend. Oh, is that right? <laughs> okay, well, I'll take some small solace in that. But no, Coventry um, Coventry didn't do their bit. They beat Doncaster. They couldn't roll over. So, yeah, a bit, uh, bit depressed, but there you go. We go again next year, as always. I'll... <laughs> Who the fuck do you think I am, Adam P? <laughs> Fucking hell. I just had to get that in there for you. Yeah. It just makes me rue previous missed opportunities, that's all. I mean, you know, another couple of points and we'd have done it. But never mind. I know, you guys got off to such a strong start too. Like, it sucks. Yeah. Genuinely. It, it really was. really was a strong start. So, yeah. Never mind. Go again next year. Feels so bad for him, Chuck. What do we do? I mean, I don't. I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Chuck doesn't. Yeah. He knows what it's like. I know like. what disappointment is. I also do, but not this week, because Chelsea are in top four. Third, <laughs> isn't it? Hey, Adam, suck it! Adam, suck it! Adam, suck it! <laughs> yeah, I couldn't wait. I was, I was like, well, wait, we'll wait, we'll wait. Nah, I can't. I'm too excited. <laughs> Yeah, less than five minutes in, and he's been mentioned twice, both in <laughs> derogatory matters. <laughs> he did. Uh, he did tweet us saying, "Please take it easy on me," or something along those lines. And yeah. I was like, "Oh yeah, right. Yeah, we gonna <laughs> see. Not a chance." <laughs> <laughs> sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of sorry, I guess. Sometimes <laughs> sorry. He did do. A, he, you know what? He did a good job filling in when I was on vacation. So for that, I'm grateful. But he gets no sympathy <laughs> beyond that. I was going to say, I think the one-week amnesty he had is, is finished now. Yeah, that's about right. All right, so shall we go ahead and jump right into it with our rapid, rapid, rapid-fire news? Which hopefully won't take 45 minutes this week. That was good news. <laughs> that was really good. Is that the first news item? That was the first news item? Great. Second news item. <laughs> that was item. the first news item. <laughs> Boom. Our first story for the evening... Fans across social media accounts are protesting the Old Trafford bosses with hashtag unfollow Man United. Chuck, have you unfollowed Man United yet? Does it still make a statement if I follow them and then unfollow them? I don't know. 
I feel like it's just a weird digital age response to. I mean, it's just a load of bollocks in it, really. Um, it's such a millennial bullshit move, isn't it? Ugh, look at Ian, another boomer making fun Fuck of millennials. You. Fuck you. I'm not having that. <laughs> <laughs> I will take a lot of shit, but do not call me a baby boomer. Fair enough, fair I'm enough. I'm still a millennial. I'm just I'm just one of the elder millennials. Oh, elder, an elder statesman of millennials. Just because you're a thousand years old doesn't make you a millennial, Ian. That's not what millennial means. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm from the first millennium, therefore millennial. <laughs> I'm one of the first men. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, uh, unfollow Man United. If you're a listener and you follow them, go ahead and unfollow them and get with the times. Because it's yeah. 2019, baby! Mm-hmm. It's 2019 and United and Arsenal suck. Fuck your history! We are here with our money and our wins! What, what, what? <laughs> Do it! How upbeat is Oscar? This is unbelievable. Oh, this is great. Like, can you go back to, like, episode 19, Oscar, when <laughs> you were, like, much more chill? Jeez. Everybody hurts. <laughs> Specifically, Adam. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, speaking of <laughs> people hurting and then eventually getting revenge, our next story Marvel fan gets revenge on Troll who spoiled Infinity War with elaborate one year plan to ruin Endgame for him. Chuck, do you have the dedication required to pull off? Such a majestic revenge plan. Nah. <laughs> Too apathetic. I can just about update a spreadsheet, mate. Never mind. Keep up a plan for a year. Yeah, I feel like you're hate-filled enough, but just not admin enough. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's just drive, but no direction. So you were the one that sent this along to the group chat, so why don't you fill uh, fill everyone in as far as what this is, the details of this. Um, yes, I saw this and filled it in to you because I thought of everyone that would potentially appeal to. It would be you, Oscar. And basically, <laughs> a guy had Infinite, uh, Infinity War ruined for him by a random internet troll. Um, so he kind of went along with a joke and befriended this guy. And over the space of a year, they traded messages and got to know each other and socialized more. And then the guy who originally got trolled was going to see Endgame first. So somehow in the theatre took loads and loads of pictures of, of what went on in the film and then after leaving, text them all to the internet troll, gave spoiled the whole film in 30 seconds. He's like, but I thought we were friends. And he's like, <laughs> we were never friends. This was all just a plot to get you. And it was vindictive as shit. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I applaud him. I admire him. <laughs> I am jealous of him i wish i could execute a revenge plan that fucking perfect like my god ian what do you think about this it's quite beautiful isn't it i mean i saw infinity war over the weekend actually so nearly caught up now nearly caught up yeah there you go and no one spoiled infinity war for you so no 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 one spoiled that i mean i sort of vaguely knew that there was a glove involved it was (laughs) infinite but Um, uh and some Big guy, but no, no, no one spoiled it for me, and and you know I won't spoil films for anyone else, like Titanic or whatever. Titanic, Why? What happens nice. in Titanic? I don't know, mate. No idea. I mean, there's a sequel, so it's fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, exactly. I meant to ask you about that. When you say Titanic two, do you mean that they did a ship, and so it's a sequel to the ship, or is there a movie that is Titanic two? Google it. Well, I know they built a second ship that's like an exact replica, and then sailed it across the same route, and I was like, hmm. Tempting fate on that one. So is that what you're referring to? or Nope. Google it. 
Okay. <laughs> next news story. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, our next story. Lionel Messi scores his 600th goal. The Barcelona forward reaches his milestone in style as he scored a magnificent free kick to cap off their 3-0 win over Liverpool in the Champions League semifinal. Oh, God, I can't... I forgot that that was, like, the day after we recorded. Yeah. That match was amazing. Like, it was so good. And Messi is amazing. I think it's the first time, because any time I've watched a Champions League game, it's always, you know, being kind of neutral and just kind of watching a game. But this was the time that I was actively rooting for a team that Lionel Messi was playing on. And he is just astounding. Like, oh... Oh. Chuck coming in with a hot take saying Lionel Messi's good at football. Wow. Yeah, he's good. One for the future. Really one to watch, guys. Uh, really putting your neck on the line there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big things to come. Are you saying on Football Manager he'd be a wunderkind? Um, yes. Yes. Definitely. Regen wunderkind. Yeah. Sign him. Sign him. Sign, Sign him up. up. Oh, I was... Lionel Messi, since we're on the subject anyway, and Champions League... I was so proud of the fact that Chelsea were the only team he hadn't scored against with, like, so many matches played against us. And then he finally did it the last time around. And, like, we're not, you know, it's such a small thing to be like, oh, yes, we were the team that Messi couldn't score against. <laughs> yeah. And then he finally did it, and it broke me. And I was sad. Well, I mean, hasn't he scored, like, the fifth most goals against the top six teams in England without playing in the Premier League? That's correct, yeah. And like in the Premier League era, he's like, I think, third or something on the list of goals scored against the top six, which only one of those is against Chelsea. So what the hell is he doing? I guess Liverpool all the time. Setting up for the big uh, move to Wolves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for their Europa League push. Yeah, that's on That's on the cards for sure, because if, uh, if City beat Watford in the LA, in the League Cup final. In the LA, in the LA Cup final. Not the, the FA the Cup. The LA Cup, yes. <laughs> there it is, the FA Cup. Cup. Then they get to, Wolves get to be in Europe. They secured seventh place. Yeah, they'll be in the playoff spot like Burnley were last year, where they have to play a billion matches before the season begins. Yeah, and that went really well. Mm. Uh, our next story, a bit of a more somber one, sort of. Uh, Iker Casillas, the Porto goalkeeper formerly of uh, Real Madrid fame, suffered a heart attack during training last Wednesday. Uh, he's 37, so really not that old and younger than Ian. Nope, carry on. <laughs> but uh, as of like three hours ago, he has officially been discharged from the hospital and it seems like he's doing pretty well, which is great. And um, all our best thoughts and wishes to him. 37, that's young. It is young. Apparently, though, one of the best, if you can say that, places to have a heart attack is at a training ground or a football ground because the sheer number of defibrillators and stuff and trained staff that are around. Doubt it outranks hospital, though. Not a hospital, no. No. Fair enough. If I was going to have a heart attack anywhere, probably hospital. What, with the doctors and that? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I'm picking hospital, Ian. Okay, thanks for keeping me honest, Chuck. You're um <laughs> Yeah, hospital ranks one. Second, heart doctor convention. Third, football ground. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Is he on the mend, Oscar? Yeah, yeah he's on the mend. He's good. So <laughs> good. He, got, he got discharged today, so he seems to be doing pretty well. Um, at 37, you have to wonder, like, maybe he'll just take this as a sign to retire. Um, but he he is a true legend of the game. Crazy and alarming that that happened, but we're happy that he's out. And so we yeah. just wish him the best, I think. Definitely. Uh, and to wrap it up, our final story, Bolton Wanderers update, gentlemen. 
they are on the brink of collapse. The proposed takeover by Lawrence Bassini has fallen apart. Um, they were He had been confident about doing a deal, despite repeated failures to provide proof of funds last week. But it seems like they will be going into administration in the next 24 hours as of six hours ago. So they will be going into administration probably by the time this comes out. At least it sounds like another owner who hasn't got enough funds to do it won't be involved. But... Ugh, I mean, administration, that's that's pretty grim for any club. I wonder if that means they'd have a points deduction to start the season. Yeah, you always get a points deduction. I mean, Christ, that's like just adding insult to injury, isn't it? If they still exist. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing at the minute. If they don't, you know, they still have to pay off the backlog of players' wages, which is now obviously two months because it's March and April. Well, that, and also, if they go into administration, then they can the players can basically kiss goodbye to that because they become uh, creditors, and they'll be lucky to get like a penny in the pound usually. So it's just, do you know what I mean? It's just terrible. It's just so, gone. Yeah. yeah, and they owe a bunch of taxes too. I know that it was like two million in taxes, right? Alone. Yeah, and I think administrators always pay the tax bill first, and then everyone else just gets gets fucked. So it doesn't look good for Bolton, and it sounds like there might be another club. Hitting the wall. That's crazy. Have you guys ever seen a club like just stop existing? Do you remember that happening? Especially a club that was like as big as Bolton once upon a time. Oh, not one that was as big as Bolton, but I do remember uh, older shot ceasing to exist. I'm not sure when that happened, actually. I'll have to look that up. That's a fair while ago. No, I mean, we mentioned it last time. Like, not in this country. I mean, it, it does happen elsewhere. Like like we said, in, in Italy, where they just have less teams in the second division. Um, sure. Because no one can afford it. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Especially, like you said, I think I think that's kind of the biggest example of this nearly happening. Um, of a club of that kind of stature of that's that size, pretty yeah. much gone. Yeah, because when I first was watching, I know they they were in the Premier League for a while. And they had some American players. So I like we had a lot of people that, I, that were around like my community of fans had weren't fans of, but had affection for Bolton mm-hmm. for having some American players. And so... For them to like be going out of business is is weird. Like, I mean, and it, nothing has happened yet. They did forfeit their match against um, who was Brentford. Brentford, yeah, they took a one zero loss. I mean, that sort of things. It's not good for like the integrity of the competition, is it? No, not at all. Are Brentford in sort of any kind of race or anything either? No, no, they they were mid table. They weren't they weren't going for playoffs or anything like that. So, so I guess ultimately for that, that's sort of wash like yeah um but that's that's pretty insane actually now that i'm thinking about it the only other big club i can remember having like financial issues along these lines is um valencia a few years ago i think i'm actually like part owner of valencia (laughs) or something are you one of their creditors no no no. hear me out um i stumbled across this thing no maybe it was a nigerian prince situation now that i'm thinking about it you just bought an orange (laughs) yeah no they were like um their academy was didn't have enough money to like keep existing um so a bunch of people online were like let's all give them a dollar okay and if i'm and if like a trillion of us do so i think i threw in like a few bucks um because juan mata came from valencia uh, and he was a product of their academy, and I love him because he got the assist for the Didier Drogba goal that tied the game in Munich to send it to extra time so that we won the Champions League that day. I don't know if you guys have ever 
uh, are aware of this. I don't know if I've rapid, ever mentioned rapid, it. But... Rapid fire news. <laughs> yeah, May 19, 2012 in Munich against Munich. Never heard of it. No. Yeah. So, but like Valencia was having some sort of financial troubles. And I know um, Wigan? Is that who it was? No. Portsmouth. Pompey. What, whoever the hell Pompey actually Yeah, yeah. Is. Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't they go into administration or something? They did. And that sort of was part of what precipitated their fall into League One, where they are now, although they've got a playoff spot. So, good luck, Portsmouth. Uh, so, how does administration actually work? Like, it's not it's not them going out of business, right? No. So, basically, you you bring in a, a company who basically look at what the, com- uh, what the company's assets are and how they can best keep the business going as a going concern. So, they'll try and do deals with everyone who... Is owed money, like I say, it often means that people have to accept one percent of what they're owed if they're willing to accept that. So often it will mean assets get stripped, sold off. If the club owns their ground, that'll get sort of sold and hopefully leased or rented back to them mm-hmm. or whatever. Most of so, the players will be gone. Like yeah, the players will be. There'll be a fire sale. Yeah. If if you've got a player that's say worth ten million. Um, they'll take like 500 grand or a million offer yeah, from another club for because that player just him. becomes an asset that they can strip to pay people back. And to, to try and stop this sort of financial mismanagement happening, there's usually like a, what, a 10-point deduction, something like that, for going into administration. Yeah, 10 is kind of the minimum, but it can, it, depending on how severe it is, it can go all the way up to, I think 30 is like the maximum it could Jesus. be. Jesus. That's like an automatic relegation right there. In most cases, of course, yeah. So it's pretty much the last port call to try and keep a business going. And after after this, if it doesn't work, it's yeah, it's going to the wall, basically, liquidation. I don't really understand that points deduction thing. Like, if they're going out of business, why punish the next owner? Like, that, whoever is the owner now already fucked up as much as they can fuck up. Like... That feels weird to me. That doesn't make any sense to me. The, the logic I guess it of must it. be try to be a preventative measure to stop owners just doing it as an easy get out clause when they've lost a lot of money. I don't know. Don't know. Yeah, because there probably is a way that you could just yeah, someone who has lost money in it and wants to cut their losses can just fuck off. Yeah, but then they're not the one that suffers the points deduction. It's the next person. Maybe someone more learned can tell us. If you are more learned, please do write in. We are looking for a replacement for Ian. <laughs> full time preferably if you have audio editing skills because i don't <laughs> uh, ian i gotta say editing the other podcast last week whoo that really made me appreciate you a whole lot more <laughs> it'll get easier mate it'll get easier yeah good lord that was hard and when i say it'll get easier i mean you'll let a lot more stuff just through just sort of slide yeah, yeah. you're like yeah fuck it our first few episodes were pretty tight yeah you were you were cutting like two and a half hours down to like a clean hour 15. Yeah. And now it's like, eh, you know, as long as we didn't make like a complete asshole of ourselves, you could probably just let that slide. Except in my case where you always fucking leave it in. Yeah, I do. I was going to, I was going to argue with that. But yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> never forget the pomegranate. <laughs> Ian curiously never says anything bad or stupid never. on never. the recordings. Never. Plenty Funny when that. we record, but nothing that makes it out. Which is why we're never going to do live episodes. All right. Well, that's all I got for news. Which means it's time for our patented segment, Three People Talking About <laughs> Stuff. There's not a name for it, it's just where we talk about stuff. That's the podcast. Yay! Yeah. Um, specifically, I figured we could take a look at the big narrative that's kind of going on right now, which is the unbelievably hysterical 
horrible performances by the teams in the chase for the top three and four, the three and third place and fourth place spots, I should say, um, over the last month or so, because all of them have just been stumbling hilariously. We've kind of avoided talking about it, I think mostly because, like, we got plenty of content out of, wow, I hate how bad Chelsea are and I'm sad about it for, like, months there. So we were like, yeah, we should back off talking about Chelsea every There's week. quite a bit of mileage there. <laughs> it yeah. certainly was. We got a lot out of that. Um, so we had been kind of focusing on other stories. Uh, but it, it all kind of came to a big crescendo this past weekend with the results that came in and how they affected the top four race. Specifically, I am referring to Man United won, Huddersfield won, Arsenal won, Brighton won, uh, Spurs 0, Bournemouth won. Nine-man Spurs 0, <laughs> Bournemouth 1. Right. Jeez. That was good. Uh, and uh, Chelsea 3, Watford 0. <laughs> Played the best team, got the best score. So, got the best manager who really knows how to get the most out of that team and has done a All fantastic right. we're not, job. We're not talking about that. Yeah, um, props to Sari. Yeah, big props. <laughs> None whatsoever. So let's start with Spurs losing to Bournemouth. Nine-man Spurs. Where What's like? What's the angle you want to take here on Spurs? I want to just take the angle that all of these teams, and I include Chelsea in this, should just be disqualified from everything for this season. Because <laughs> it, it, for any of them to finish top of any of the others is just absolutely disgusting. And give it Cardiff. Give it Cardiff. <laughs> they had a go, didn't they? Give it Burnley. Yeah, they had a go. As soon as they're 1-0 down, they remember they've got to play football and then they have a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in from game week about 35 onwards. So Reed also Fulham suddenly decided to have a go. Huddersfield evidently as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's all right, so let's start there. Let's start with I know I said we would start with Spurs, but let's let's go to Huddersfield. <laughs> uh knocking United officially out of the top 4 race. They were kind of had fallen behind a lot leading up to this match, but how do you It's Huddersfield. Ollie's at the wheel, mate. Ollie's at the wheel and he's drink driving. Um, <laughs> it's not. <sighs> it's Huddersfield. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that you're going for the same takes that I am. I was last week. That, yeah. Yeah, it's Huddersfield, and it's one all. And they could have scored more if they weren't Huddersfield. Um, <laughs> had they not been Huddersfield, had they not been Huddersfield, they would have won about four one. Yeah, just Man United just. The the players don't care. There's, it's awful to watch. There's mistakes everywhere, left, right, and center. Uh, they're they're still fight. Like you know, there was still something to play for for them. So they were fighting for Champions League, and it just didn't look like any of them cared. And you know, as much as we kind of went on about Solskjaer and, and saying like he had a positive influence on the dressing room, etc., like that's gone. Um, yeah, and, that's gone. And, and they've earned five points out of the last five games. I think, Chuck, a couple of weeks ago you were saying, you know, there are problems at Man United and this is the guy they've nominated to sort them out. And I was sort of thinking, oh, cut him a bit of slack. There was a, there was a big bounce, you know, we might, might be able to do something next season. But it, it really does look like they're in serious trouble and no director of football. I'm, I'm coming round to your way of thinking that this is this has turned out to be one hell of a risk. Yeah, because 
you know, boil it down, like forget about Oli Gullen Solskjaer as a player and a connection to Man United. Yeah. They've hired the manager for Mould, FK or whatever it is, <laughs> who before that got relegated with Cardiff. Or did he get yeah. relegated or did he get fired before they got relegated? I can't remember. Uh, either way. Either way. And yeah, without some sort of strong influence from above, like a sporting director, as we said, not Rio Ferdinand <laughs> or Nemanja Vidic or Edwin van der Sar. Like, they need desperate help. Desperate. And and this whole, you know, we referenced it earlier with the unfollow Man United thing. But, you know, it kind of shows that the whole reason that club kind of got further and further to where they were was because of the popularity and the worldwide performance as a brand. And that's what made it, you know, the, the biggest club in England. And, you know, coupled with Alex Ferguson in his prime and all that. And oh, oh my God, sorry, because we're watching this right now. Liverpool have just gone 3-0 up against Barcelona. Are you fucking shitting me? You're fucking kidding me. No, I am not. Uh, Alexa, turn on the cable box. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking kidding. There's no way. Another joke. I'm a very serious man. It's, <laughs> it's, it's 3-0 after 56 minutes. It was 1-0 at halftime. Oh, shit. We're going to have to pause on this shit and come back. That's amazing. But anyway, going back to the, you guys will know the outcome. So, you know, future us when we finish part two, we'll know what's gone on. Um, but yeah, it just shows that they're absolutely garbage. And to Huddersfield, and that was their, that was Huddersfield's first point since the 26th of February. And well, it's only Huddersfield's fifth point since the 25th of November. I mean, let me throw the XG at you because that's what I do. That's what I'm here for. That's why I get the big bucks. Huddersfield did 0.7. Scoring one, so that's not even like a that's fair a enough fluke. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, like I said, if they weren't Huddersfield, they would have scored more though. Yeah, United did one point nine, only scored one, so that's within the realm of variance, but you know, a bit yeah. harsh, I guess. Um, but point point seven scoring one is not like a fluke, and it's again Huddersfield. <laughs> Huddersfield. <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned that the team that has scored twenty one all season. As many as that. <laughs> Surprisingly, yes. Well, Chuck, you mentioned Man United have gotten five points out of their last five. There is actually a team in the top four race that has done worse than that. In their you last you five can't matches. call it a race. You cannot call it a race. It's a. This is like a drunken four a.m. stumble to a kebab shop that's open, only to then walk into the window of the kebab shop, try to go in and pay with a card then realise they don't accept credit cards and then you have to stumble around the town centre to find a cash point at which point you finally try and get the cash out but then you enter your pin wrong three times and you don't get your card back and then you forget where you are. And then Sari turns up with a kebab anyway. And then Sari turns up eating cigarettes and you wake up in the middle of a roundabout wondering what the fuck happened. That sounds like a nightmare I had two weeks ago. (laughs) And it sounds like personal experience from Chuck. Yeah, a bit. Did you see that thing I tweeted? Uh, the Japanese game show, uh, Slippery Slope. Yes, I love that show. I've watched that on YouTube so many times. There's like a ton of clips. Right, okay. That was the first one I'd seen. And it was like eight minutes long. And me and Finley were watching it. It was like the best fun ever. It was, And it just personified the uh, top four race. Just, it was perfect. Everyone just it really getting halfway up metaphor. and then just collapsing. It was brilliant. Yeah. There's, um, there's a ton of like really amusing... Japanese game shows that are pretty good metaphors for the Premier League in a variety of ways. I'm sure. <laughs> Have you guys seen the one where it's just slapping each other as hard as you can? <laughs> no, no, but I want to. 
that sounds like the Tottenham game. <laughs> <laughs> so let's swing back around to it. Tottenham losing to Bournemouth. Uh, do you want to know how much XG they conceded? Because they only lost 1-0. Uh, 1.8. Nope, 2.3 to Bournemouth. Uh, generating 0.7 of their own. With generating 0.7... When you were down to nine men, is actually pretty impressive. Yeah, it was it was nine men after ten men after forty four minutes and nine men after forty six minutes. And <laughs> Bournemouth scored in like the ninety first. And the fact that you know Tottenham still generated XG off that, like I don't know if it really shows. I mean, obviously it's bad for Tottenham, but it also shows how horrendously bad Bournemouth are. Yeah, well, Bournemouth are checked out. They have nothing to play for. This is a good time of year to play mid-table teams. But if you've got nothing to play for, why are you punching Spurs players in the back? Because <laughs> it's Spurs. <laughs> I want to punch Spurs players in the back, and I'm not even—I've got nothing to play for at all. <laughs> no, don't uh, violence is bad, kids. Don't do it. Um, six points, six points in their last five for Tottenham. So that's pretty much the same as you know. That's Man United plus a draw. In that time, I didn't really dig into United's numbers because we did that last time around and we said, like, all the underlying numbers are the truth. They just aren't that good. They probably should never have given uh, Ole the job. Fine. Tottenham's numbers in the last five. In that time, they've played Huddersfield, West Ham, Brighton, Bournemouth, and City. City obviously being a very good team there, but the other ones being... They're quite good. Middling to horrible. Uh, In that time, they've generated 7.1, scoring only five, so a bit underperforming but they've conceded 6.5 and only actually conceding 3. So they're barely at a draw. Like 7.1 to 6.4 is barely better than a draw across those five matches. And again, that was against Bournemouth, Brighton, Huddersfield, West Ham, and City. So they've actually been doing better than their defending numbers, but it's still been as bad as it is. Yeah, significantly better. They've only conceded 3, and the XGA is 6.4 across that five-match span. Yeah. And it's crazy just how they've lost their heads. I mean, obviously, Kane got injured again. Son had just come back from suspension before this game and then now gets suspended again. Yeah. They Eric Dyer could have received, oh I think, three or four yellow cards in the first half. How he wasn't hooked before he was. Yeah. yeah. It was unbelievable. Poch subbed off Alderweireld because he thought he was going to get sent off because he was already on the yellow card. And then Juan Foyf obviously just does a nin- flying ninja kick after losing the ball. It was like like two minutes after he came on or something. Yeah, yeah, he came on. He came on at half time and was off by the forty six minutes straight. Jeez. Well, that'll be a lesson for him. I mean, yeah, he what did he play like two minutes total? Yeah, yeah, right. Like it was ridiculous how quickly he got himself sent off. I mean, I guess he just didn't want to be out there. He was like, you know, I thought I was on pretty much <laughs> summer vacation already. Why are you putting me on the pitch? I don't appreciate it. I don't want to go round Europe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I want to stay at home. But, like, in that span, they also... They had a match against Huddersfield. Again, Huddersfield. And they conceded 1.0 to fucking Huddersfield, bro. Like, they won 4-0 that match. But I'm looking at that and being like, really? You gave up 1.0 XGA? That's worse than United did. To Huddersfield. Yeah. <laughs> but at least Tottenham didn't lose points to him. No, they won four zero, generating two point eight. So you know, yeah, that was a, that was a very legitimate win. But like defensively, that's not great. Two point one to City, that's understandable. Two point three to Bournemouth, one point zero to West Ham, and one point zero to Huddersfield. Like they're giving up a goal and change on average per game. The only one where they did a good defensive job was against Brighton, because you know, 
0.1 in that match, so that's fine. So, is it the squad depth with Tottenham? The injuries mounting up, the players being really tired, or is, like, it's funny to say, but there's no actual, like, spursiness. That's just bullshit. That's confirmation bias, that's narrative, that's us kind of... Enjoying a story, and, there, and but... the simple fact is, if you if you assign that narrative to Spurs, you also have to assign it to United and Arsenal, and disregarding last week's result or this week's result, sorry, Chelsea as well, because all oh, of yeah, them yeah. have just been, as we said, like on that giant slippery slope that has just been horrific. Um, but to bring it back to Tottenham, they've fallen so far, like they were, people were talking about them being in the title race at one point. Not that long ago. We were those people. Some of people. Well, you were those people. Oh, I had a little bet on it. <laughs> Ian's, Ian's wallet was one of those people. It looked good at the time. It was 25 to 1. That's what they all say. Then yeah, the lights turn on in the club. Funnily enough, I haven't been able to cash out that one. <laughs> With that. I don't know. I mean, is it too easy to assign it to lack of squad depth? and Two transfer windows, not signing anyone... All of the uncertainty with the stadium changes, going further in European competitions than they have. It takes a lot out of you. It's a big season, and and English teams do play more games than any other. Oh, by a lot. It's a significant amount, yeah. I have seen Spurs fans online being like, well, you know, we didn't have a stadium, and and all the things you just listed me like, using that to say, if anything, we should be impressed that we did as well as we did through this far. Does that mean that they're assuming then that next season everything's going to be okay? Or does this mean that, you know, regression to the mean is going to happen and Spurs are just going to go back to being Spurs and this was the last three seasons or so was their chance to actually get close as they as they have done? Yeah, because having a new stadium doesn't instantly solve wage structure problems. You know, that's that's been their... I think the thing that's really hamstrung them is not buying anyone, but specifically not buying anyone, because if they do buy any big name, they have to smash the wage structure. Mm-hmm. At, at right. the minute, they're sort of like relying on the goodwill, I think, of a lot of players who are willing to uh, take lower wages, maybe because they believe in Pochettino or some sort of project. Or Yeah, and I think it's heavily performance-based, a lot of them, whether that's appearance yeah. bonuses, goal bonuses, yeah. progression in tournaments, etc. So yeah, What's known as the Michael Owen contract. <laughs> but, I mean... It's going to take a while before, because I presume they own this new stadium and everything like Arsenal do, but it takes a while for that to start making money and you're not just paying off the debts. I mean, we were talking weeks ago about how much how much hock they were getting themselves into with this new stadium debt-wise. It's going to take a while before they make any serious money. How, how long is it going to be before they can sort of improve the wage structure and not have to rely on academy players or people who are willing to take not silly money where they could get it elsewhere. Mm. I wonder if they are going to look to go somewhere to get that silly money because a lot of them are hitting sort of the point of no return for getting a big contract, right? Like no one's giving a 29-year-old a five-year, you know, insane wages, 400000 a week type contract. So if Kane wants that, and who knows if anyone's even willing to give Kane that at this point with his yeah. same ankle being yeah, another... Yeah, he'd need a serious impl- medical, wouldn't he? Yeah. Um, but, you know, Ericsson, I don't know how old Ericsson is, but Dyer's still pretty young. Um, Deli Ali's still pretty young. Like, all these guys, if they're going to go get a payday, this is the time. 
And so are we looking at the last sort of gasp of this, you know, golden generation, so to speak, of Spurs players, like of all these guys that they got when they were really young who were genuinely elite talent? Like, I talk shit about Spurs a lot, but those guys are all world-class players. Yeah, I think they just do. They just take it as another bail moment and sell on a couple to use it to think because that's that's got to be where the income's going to come from because they're going to make a ton of money. I think what they bought Deli Ali for five mil from NK Dons, um, Harry Kane. That was was it just straight from academy? Yeah, I thought they got him from Arsenal when he was like twelve. Like because it's not like transfer fees. That's what I mean. Yeah. Um, Dyer was obviously really cheap coming over from Portugal, I think. Um, so you know they've got they've got assets there. Ericsson as well was bought with the bail money. Was one of the five or six players with like Eric Lamella, Musa Dembele, uh, Soldado. So you know a little bit of trust there, but you know some some absolute gold too. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if actually to be able to, especially with financial fair play and whatever their situation is, that they would have to to sell on a couple of assets to try and strengthen the squad because as it's shown at this time of the season, with their temperament, with injuries, with everything, it's yeah, it's not sustainable. No, and their underlying numbers don't bode well for next year either. No, but at least, you know, Man United is shit, so they're, they're better than Man United. <laughs> their XGA is forty seven. They've only conceded actually thirty seven. So that is a massive swing. That's pretty decent. They should have conceded a lot more. And their expected goal scored is 61, scoring actually 65. So they're overperforming both offensively and defensively. They should be much further down the table. Um, I mean, I don't, much further is... They're still going to be a big six team, so they're still going to be in the top six. But it's it's not... a it's not doesn't bode well for them. For the, the things in the positive column, I think, are as in for attracting new players... Are Pochettino, if he stays, I think he has a good reputation. I think players will probably sort of buy into what he's selling. Um, the new stadium, which is, I mean, we took the piss out of it massively, but it is magnificent. It looks amazing. It's a beautiful stadium. It really is. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how much these things influence players, but, you know, I think if you turn up, it looks prestigious. It looks good. You know, I'm I'm sure it's a selling point. And Champions League football, it it's still a big seller. If you're a if you're a player who fancies himself, and uh, a prospective manager tells you you're going to be playing in the Champions League, you might be swayed by that. You know. Well, will they be playing in the Champions League? Because it's not official. It's not. I know it's not mathematically minus eight goal difference. That's all it takes. They have less goals scored than Arsenal. It requires quite a swing. Wouldn't that be the most Spursy thing, though? (laughs) Wouldn't that be the ultimate Spursy? We were talking in the the bigger group chat with everybody that, like, oh, do I want Arsenal to miss out or do I want Tottenham to miss out? Which is more sort of hilarious and delightful to me as a Chelsea fan. Um, And I definitely did come to the place where I'm like, you know what? Tottenham losing eight goal difference on the last day of the season to finish behind Arsenal would be delightful and would definitely be more of an injustice because this is a perfect place to pivot to Arsenal who have been even worse than Tottenham and Man United in the last five matches. Four points. They have gotten four points in their last five matches and adding up all of their XG numbers, they have generated 6.4 XG, which is less than Chelsea, less than Tottenham and less than Man United in that span. Only scoring three so they're underperforming. 
which is hilarious. Well, they overperformed their stats for so long, as we went on about. But he, the expected goals conceded in that span. 10.4. Their expected goal difference over the last five matches is minus four. They've conceded actually eight, so they're minus five on actual goal difference. I mean, they did concede three goals in a row against Palace, Wolves, and um, who else was it? Leicester? Leicester. Yeah. Uh, 1.9 to Brighton conceded XGA. 3.7 to Leicester, 1.1 to Watford, 2.7 to Everton, and 1.0 to Wolves. They have not conceded less than 1.0 XG in... A month and a half, I think, or however long the dates work out to. Against Brighton, 1.9. You're enjoying this. That's horrible. That's so bad. Arsenal have been so bad. It's it's only because the other three teams have been also terrible. Just the shit, yeah. And this is what is so weird that we keep going on to this about, oh, they've been so bad, so bad. Like, they all have. It's just now that the table's kind of starting, there's there's less of a divide now after the top six. And it's getting very difficult to justify this whole English league is the best one um, recently because it's just, it's just Liverpool and City smashing out everyone at the top of the table and then just this cavalcade of shit in the middle where they just all overtake each other. Oh. I still think that Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea and United will go and beat anybody's three through six. In Europe, any league. Not winning one game out of five, they won't. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the Europa League shows that, right? Both Chelsea and Arsenal are making very deep runs without playing well. Like, they're they're playing pretty poorly across the board this year, and they're still both likely to make the final. I mean, we're spoiled in the English Premier League, of course we are. And man city and liverpool doing what they're doing is ridiculous and so makes these sort of teams underneath them slipping up look even more hilarious but i mean yeah they'd still they'd still do a lot of like you say 3 to 6 in most european leagues um is uh, is there been any talk of uh, emery out wenger in yeah, wenger in <laughs> no i don't think so i think weirdly arsenal fans are kind of from from and as reactionary as they are yeah um which we all know um, the scapegoat, I guess I would say, is has been mostly the players from what I've seen. And Adam could speak better to this if he wants to write in for next week. But I haven't picked up any vibes of like Emery out. I think everybody's like, oh, he's new this year. The The squad is broken. That seems to be the issue is with the ownership and with the squad. Letting Ramsey leave for free. Oh, Ramsey. I mean, that just seems nuts. I mean, Ramsey's going to have Champions League football. Correct. Yeah. I mean, you talk about wage structure, like Arsenal before Tottenham were the team that was like, we're not breaking our wage structure for anybody. Yeah. And then they broke it for fucking Mesut Ozil. <laughs> and then they broke it again for Sanchez. Yeah, which they sold him for. That looks like they got the very good end of that deal. What was it? You were tweeting, you got like a tweet kind of going a bit on our account that was like, he gets paid $20,000 for every minute he plays or something. Some numbers that, yeah, he's he's played he's played 869 minutes this season. And so if you work that out based on his weekly wage plus his starting bonuses, he would have earned £18,334.08 per game time minute yeah. for one goal. That works out to $23,500 per minute for our American listeners. There you go. Do Arsenal... Where do they go from here? What do they do? 
because they also just, I'm not going to get super into it, but they are also overperforming both offensively and defensively compared to their underlying numbers over the course of the entire season. Not as much as Tottenham, but they're still overperforming. The fact remains now, and this is it, that these four teams now need to realise that they need to spend a lot of money on players if they want to win the league. I think Chelsea are willing to this summer. I think they're really going to go out. I think this has to be the year. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they might be willing, mate. (laughs) Yeah, they're willing. They'll be shouting at the corner, but I don't think anyone's going to be buying. Um, Yeah. They, Arsenal, Man United and Tottenham all need to spend a ton of money. Whoa! 4! 4-0. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. Fuck, I can't believe it's 4-0. Oh god, I really hope they can see me. <laughs> I really want that to happen. Oh no. Oh dear. Oh, amazing. Anyway, to bring it back, Ian, I thought of something when you were talking just now, which is that it's probably, and this is going to seem obvious, but fine, whatever, because I just hadn't thought of it before. It's not a coincidence that Chelsea, Arsenal, and Man United don't have football directors, sporting directors, and they're having the problems that they have, and they desperately need squad overhauls. I guess Chelsea, the least of those, which is like, holy fuck. And Tottenham have Daniel Levy, who's just a prick and cheap and, like, a terrible sporting director. Like actively hurts them <laughs> all the time both equally out of spite for like refusing to sell good players for a lot of money to teams that he's like no you know what i'm not selling to you i don't care if you offer me five times their market value and then also like not buying anyone so like that's clearly where it's coming from right like the big gap to city and liverpool and this this seems so obvious to say out loud but it's that they're willing to get the players that they need and inject the squad with new blood and the four underneath either aren't willing, in the case of Tottenham, or lack... There's reasons they don't do it. Yeah. yeah. It's... Yeah, that that 100% seems to be it. I mean, Liverpool's owners have been really supportive. I mean, I know there was a little bit of worry among Liverpool fans when the... Um, it's Fenway Sports Group, isn't it? Or whatever, yeah, took over. Right. Just because you know what English football's like. Don't like outsiders. But, I mean, they've been brilliant. Uh, for Liverpool and like you say Man City consistently financially backed so yeah you're looking at lack of direction and funds from higher up that's that's all it can be direction and funds the fact that there there aren't really any clubs that so like Liverpool that have backed Klopp in transfer windows and allowed him to do stuff for six consecutive windows yeah without them still without them winning anything just shows like how much they support him and are willing to go that far. And that's what the other teams need. Because otherwise, unless there's some sort of miracle or some massive slip from, say, Man City and Liverpool, it's just not going to happen. And we have them can potentially see a new top two, like Oscar mentioned or alluded to earlier, where it used to be like Man United and Arsenal, that now it would be Man City and Liverpool. Manchester United never scored as many points as Liverpool have got now. Mm. Wow, that's crazy. I think of the four chasing teams, if I try to remove the bias, because I kind of always think Chelsea should be competing and can compete. Um, And I thought that this year, I think that they were the third best team and they're probably going to finish in third. But of the four chasing teams, I think the one most likely within a year, if they play their cards right, to catch up to those and give them a good run for their money is United. Because United have a ton of very elite level talent. 
they just don't know how to organize them into a formation. And then United's real fatal flaw is their defense. Their defense is absolute dog shit. They are, so to compare the XGA to the other top six teams, uh, Chelsea's XGA is 37, Tottenham are at 47, and then Arsenal and United are both in the 50s. So, like, you know, compared to Chelsea, Chelsea not even 38, and then United are staring at 52. Like, that is a much, much, much worse defense. And that's despite me spending all season talking shit about Chelsea's defense. Like, you know, 50 XGA is, is, for example, worse than Wolves, worse than Everton, worse than Leicester, and tied with Palace. Yeah. So, like, United and Arsenal really need to look at their defenses, like, if they're going to inject funds. But for United, that's not that big of a fix. De Gea is already the, one of the best keepers in the world, certainly capable of being there. And if they just get, like, a center back and a couple of wing backs, or, or full backs, depending on what formation they want to use, like, you know, we talked about Liverpool bringing in Van Dyke and that kind of being the, the missing piece. United are one or two pieces away from being as good or capable of being as good, having the right players to be as good as City and Liverpool. But who's got the knowledge to sort that out? Because, I mean, maybe, well, it might be Rio Ferdinand because, I mean, maybe I'm being super basic about this, but like Solskjaer was... A striker, we've not seen any huge tactical nouns from him. He's been a new manager bounce. So, like, who, who's who got the knowledge there to sort out a defence? I mean, you only have to see Monday Night Football and Gary Neville going absolutely spare about it, which is hilarious. But I don't know if anyone in the... I mean, maybe a Man United fan would be able to tell me that I'm wrong, but I don't know of anyone in the backroom staff who's got that sort of defensive nouse to be able to identify players and sort this out no who they should be looking at and who they had been linked with before they gave Ole the full-time job which I think was a huge mistake and I think everybody pretty much said that at the time and it's played out that way I don't think he's going to stick around for very long even if they did just give him a massive contract because they're not hesitant to fire managers and he's clearly not a fit he's not a good enough manager to be at Man United I think the the answer to your question is Pochettino I think he's the one that had been linked for a whole lot I think he knows how to set up a defense. He knows how to get a midfield that is solid, that can progress, but also defend. And I think United are going to have to just throw like a trillion dollars at him and hope that he comes in the summer, right? Like, that's their move. Get a really good center back and get Pochettino in, and they could be next year's Liverpool, where people are like, oh, they could, like, they could legitimately be running with them. All right, well, uh, we could get into Chelsea. Um, and their numbers. Uh, but honestly, I think I'd rather just go watch the last 10 minutes of this Liverpool match. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Adam's not the one on the pod, so we don't have to talk about how Chelsea are shit, because I get to make that decision. <laughs> so let's go, and we'll take our break for part one. Uh, and then we'll come back after the jump with some listener stuff and all that good stuff. So stick around. Welcome back to Miles Offside Podcast, where somehow, unbelievably, Liverpool have just beaten Barcelona 4-0 at Anfield. That's a pretty good comeback, and 
<laughs> to be honest, kind of deserved after the third ga- first game because that three nil defeat did not do Liverpool any justice to how well they were, how well they played on the day. Um, but obviously, Messi's magic only lasted over one leg. Over it, he's over the hill. He's no longer one to watch for the future, guys. Um, he's <laughs> busted done. flush. He's busted a busted flush. Flush. Absolutely dud. Absolute scenes here. I mean, Klopp is just going crazy. Liverpool fans are going nuts. I mean, this is unbelievable. They're all just masturbating. Wow. <laughs> it's just a massive gangbang. It's a it's the world's largest bukkake. <laughs> Fair enough, though. Oh, I mean, this, fuck being the groundsman. It can't be understated. This is an unbelievable achievement. 3-0, man. I think that's got to be one of the biggest European comebacks in a second leg ever. I mean, Surely. PSG, Barca. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I said one of. <laughs> it's up there. Barca, man. Oof, bloody hell. <laughs> I got analysis is out the window. All you can do is be like, wow. How it just how delightful is it gonna be when Liverpool finish with the third most points total ever, but come in second place in the league, and then lose the Champions League final for the second year in a row. <laughs> to Spurs. To Spurs Spurs are gonna have to sign <laughs> Gareth Bale back. And then he can score a eight bicycle man's, kick. Eight-man Spurs, not because they have players with red cards, but because that's all the players they have left. Oh, Barca fans crying on the TV. I love seeing people crying. <laughs> Who's crying? Barcelona fans are just, like, sobbing. Ah, oh, well, they'll get over it. Sweet, anyway, delicious tears. Moving on to in the second part with the social segment where you get in touch with Ian. Um, and he loves it. He loves talking to you. If anything, he'd quite like to have a pen pal. Um, so get in touch with him, and he because he yeah. set up a PO box and everything. Um, and he should can't I do wait. That? People could send us stuff. I think we should set up a PO box because I'm. Am I fuck giving any of these weirdos my address? <laughs> <laughs> I'll look into it. Yeah. And Ian's primary mode of communication is still written letters. Yeah. Yep. And ravens. Ravens. So, I send a raven. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you can send a raven. We'll get you uh, the PO box. Just send it north, and it will find yeah. him. They fly over Peterborough and then just die of asbestos. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I forgot about that. We will get a PO box set up, or if you you know in the modern era, Twitter, Facebook, uh, the emails, milesoffsidepod. Yep. Yeah, email dot com, um, or on our Patreon page. Patrons, um, shout out to all of you out there um, at Miles Offside Pod. Is there any other way that people can get in touch with us? Um, We're on Radio Public now. I don't know what that means, but yeah, Radio Public. Um, I, I don't know. Does that mean we have to sit on like a CB radio and break a breaker, everyone? <laughs> we got yeah, a convoy. Copy that. <laughs> yeah. That's a 10 4 rubber ducky. Um, but yeah, Ian, did we get any questions or did I just introduce a null and void segment? No, no, we got some questions. We always do. They never let us down. We've got an excess of questions. We've got questions for days. Bang. Um, so Adam S.A. got in touch and uh, he said, considering Chelsea secured Champions League football, made it to a cup final and are in the semi-finals of European competition, when is Oscar going to apologise to Sari? Uh, I, I think he should because he's done a really good job. I think it's time. I think it's time. I think you should just suck up your pride, Oscar. Yeah. And <laughs> be thankful. You'd have taken third before the season, wouldn't you? Uh sure, but that doesn't mean I'm happy with it. Right? Like, please. The ambitions of Chelsea Football Club are significantly higher than 
a League Cup final and third place. The third place, but but you're not as good as the two teams above you. Categorical sure, fact. But again, that's like in the within the picture of this year, relatively decent job, I guess. Although the way he's treated the players and how stubborn he is, questionable. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I think of Gary Cahill playing his last game the other day. A club captain won everything. Was an amazing servant for the club for years, and and just one of the like least problematic personalities in fucking anywhere. And he came out and was talking shit about Sari and was like, listen, the way he's treated myself and the way he's treated other players with the sheer and utter lack of respect is ridiculous. Let me let me pull up the actual quote. I, I miss this entirely. I blame Arisa Belaga. Or as it came up on Match of the Day subtitles, a real big lager. No, I love that. that came brilliant. up as a, as, a, as a really big lager. It's a tricky name. It's a tricky name. It's a tricky name. <laughs> subtitles people they're just like well that's what he's called now a real big lager i just wonder if stuff like that with deaf people that are actually reading it going that's a bit weird that his name's a really big lager yeah we should be doing better for our deaf community really than a real big (laughs) lager in goal yeah um so here's cahill's quotes um it's been really terrible for me personally it'll be erased out of my head when i leave chelsea i will only keep the good memories but it has been very difficult. I've played on regular basis over the previous six seasons, and I've won everything with them. So to be watching from the stands is something I didn't expect. Uh, I know how the whole work club works. I've got a big relationship with the players and the staff, and none of that has been utilized. Because um, you're old and past it. If you're not, I don't. I don't think so. I think you can still do a job. Nah, but past whatever. It. Uh, if you are not playing a player, any player for two or three or four games, then you should have a conversation with them and give a reason for that. But if it gets to eight or nine games, what's going on? The manager hasn't even spoken to me. I see some of the situations with players who've won the title with Chelsea, who've played recently and done really well, and it isn't right. It makes it very hard for me to have respect for someone who has not respected the players that he manages. Wow, I completely missed that. That is damning. I mean, he left him behind on Europa League trips and didn't tell him until Gary showed up at the fucking team <laughs> airport and was like, nah, man, you're not coming. I mean, that is fucking terrible, but it is sort of funny as well. <laughs> Gary just turns up with his bag. He goes, all right, lads. Gary. Um, <laughs> you're not invited. We thought, we, thought, we thought you knew, Gary. Oh, bless him. Man, that, is, that is terrible. It's, that's horrible. It's really fucked up. Yeah. And then, and even like that aside, like even from just the... What, I, I don't know. It's like it's like a kid turning up and like everyone's going on a school trip, but his parents didn't sign the authorization slip, so he has to sit at home. <laughs> and then all the other kids are just going off with like their hands on the windows, like Gary, like... <laughs> running alongside the bus with his boot bag. Look, the the treatment of the players and his sort of complete and utter lack of respect for people that are around the club and who are like he was the club captain. Right, not just some random player. That even that aside, like from a fo- pure footballing perspective, like I don't know what club this Adam like supports. Because like, it's not our Adam, right? It's not like Adam P. It's some no. other Adam. No. Yeah, I don't know what club this guy supports, but at at Chelsea, like we hold ourselves to a higher standard than that shit. Yes, we will not tolerate blood money and oil money. We will <laughs> yeah, do yeah, things yeah. correctly. We will not put ourselves in a position where we will have transfer embargoes. We will do things honourably <laughs> and the right way. Yes. Good on you, um, Oscar. Our ambitions are significantly higher than a League Cup final or Europa League final. 
Like, I don't give two fucks about the Europa League. And just because we're going to be probably playing in a final or in the semifinals doesn't change that. Like, sure, we need it to get in the Champions League, although I guess now we don't anymore anyway, so, like, fuck that. But, like, I'm not happy. This isn't, like, him salvaging the season. This is the bare minimum that Chelsea should be doing. And so for I'm not going to be like, oh, sorry, I was a dick about you. Like, this is absolute bare minimum of what it should be tolerable. And I still think he should be fired, but they're not going to. And so at this point, like, I'll just leave that alone because he's going to be around. I'm not just going to bitch about it every week. But no, fuck that. I I don't feel any need to apologize for my thoughts on Sari and how we've talked about him all season long. He probably wouldn't even talk to you anyway, mate. He probably wouldn't listen to you. Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't need me to apologize. He's not talking to poor poor little Gary. Poor Gary turning up probably probably already in his shorts. (laughs) Got his socks on. Little Gary. Oh, little Gary. Uh, yeah, I stand by my takes. Fuck, sorry. Are there any positives for Chelsea? Uh, like, as a club, or, like, is there anything that I could say that's nice about him specifically? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that ship has sailed, but we've t- spoke a lot about the bad numbers for the other clubs. Uh, is there a specific reason you finished in third? More points. With less points than two teams, but more points than 17 others. Correct. That's that's why. Yeah. yeah. I feel like sometimes we wouldn't have a podcast if Chuck was involved. Like, it would just be like, well, they finished third, so they're third, so see you later. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad that I'm here, that I can bring that side of things so that everyone understands just what's going on and really drive it forward. Yeah, you bring the cynicism, mate, you really do. Uh, mm. So do I address Ian's question or do we just move on no, at this address point? my question. My question okay. must be addressed. All right. <laughs> Uh, it's the, the, the defense. Like, Tottenham's XGA is 47, Arsenal's 56, Manchester United are 51, and we're at 37. So that's like 10 better than the And that's next. with David Luiz. <laughs> <laughs> and Alonso for large portions. Yeah, and Alonso, to be fair. And then, you know, we're as good as them in terms of XG goal scored. United are actually the best one of the four for goal scored. Expected goal scored, rather. Uh, at 66, then us at 63, Arsenal at 62, and Tottenham at 60. So we're, we're right at, right in that whole range. Um, but our defense is significantly better. Is there just a lack of world-class defenders? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I mean, we kind of touched on this last time when we were talking about like the heyday of the defense in the Premier League and defensive midfielders even. like Think about Essien, think about uh, Mascherano, Mascherano, however you want to say it. Um, think about Makaleli, all those like central midfield fucking destroyers. And then you think about like John Terry, Carvalho, Vidic, Ferdinand. Who were the guys at Liverpool? Carragher. The and... cycle will come round again. It's just because at the minute, what's in vogue is attacking defenders. You know, it's the yeah. reason why Alexander Arnold and Robertson are hailed massively. Not to say that obviously they are they are great defenders as well, but in terms of overall numbers, they're not the best. It's it's their contributions at the other end of the pitch, and it, and it seems to be that way everywhere because the style of play now is to play with fullbacks bombing forward, and these things just go round in a cycle, and managers start to copy each other because they counteract each other and and negate it and then you'll get one manager who comes in and changes it and then it'll work again and it'll just cycle. Yeah, and everybody wants a ball-playing centre-back now. Like, And I think that kind of started with Mats Hummels and Gerard Piquet, really. Um, what, what That would have been like, what, eight eight or nine years ago at this point? Maybe ten years ago? Yeah. Um, and then David Luiz is very much in that mould. Like, He is an elite-level modern-day centre-back in that modern-day centre-backs aren't valued for their defence as much as their ball-playing ability um, with beautiful hair. 
And Thiago Silva was the same way. Like, the two of them at PSG, they were the two most expensive center backs in the world. And it's not for their defensive ability so much as they're, like, they're decent at defense. And then they provide, like, another dimension. Everything's about attack right now in terms of players coming out of academies. Everybody wants Barcelona 2018. I mean, fuck. Chelsea played Marcus Alonso as their left back for, like, three seasons. Like, (laughs) that just shows it right there. Okay. Right, let's take a step back from the football now. Yeah. The um Yeah. <laughs> the amazingly named Honey Vargas got in touch. Honey Vargas. That's as good as Emu Plains as far as names go. Yeah, that's that's the person's name, not the place they tweeted from. Where is uh where is Honey tweeting from? I don't know, this is Facebook. I don't know, I didn't I didn't check it out, but a question that I think will possibly lead to interesting things. Strawberry or grape jelly on PB and J? A bit controversial. I understand if it's too hot of a take for a football podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's food based. I know. So I think she's got us down. Right really. in our wheelhouse, and there's a cultural potential cultural divide. So, what do you mean? Well, the thing is, we don't really have grape jelly here, or grape jam. We don't have jelly. No, we don't have schmuckers. What's uh? So what is the difference between jelly and jam? Actually, I'm not a PB and J guy. So I think jam has actual bits of fruit in it. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And jelly is just. I'd say well, yeah. I'd say jam. Yeah, they they leave the bits in, whereas jelly would be filtered, clarified, that kind of thing. Yeah, and we don't really have jelly here. Isn't well, you guys have marmalade over there, and that's like jelly. Ish, but then that also has rind. That has like zest in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. All right, all right. Because that's like candied candied citrus peel. Because when we're eating 100% sugar, we like to pretend there's some fruit in it. Whereas we have no uh, sort of pretensions about that. That high fructose corn syrup, man. That's where it's at. <laughs> yeah. that, is re- that is like really, Ian, that's like the most insightful thing. Like Americans are like, fuck it. I'm a slob and I'm disgusting, but that's who I am. And English people are like, no, no, we don't talk about this. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 100%. Not at yeah. all. Um, PB&J, I'm not a PB&J guy, to be honest. I'm not. No? I've had, like, three of them ever. It just doesn't appeal to me. I feel like, I don't know. It's not my thing. Okay, because, like, Finley, Finley was watching some TV show and they were talking about peanut butter and jelly and asked me what it was. And I was like, we can do we can do you a sandwich if you want. And he decided it was the best thing ever. P- PB&J is, is amazing. I like PB&J. Yeah, yeah you're, you're on the train as well. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. very much a staple over here. Like, every kid has PB&J for lunch when they're in school. Yeah. But like crunchy, it has to be like crunchy peanut butter, not smooth peanut butter. Oh, get out of here. No. Fucking <laughs> gross. No, fuck yourself. Uh-uh. uh-uh. Cr- crunchy. Get out of here. Crunchy peanut butter. Why don't I just chew some peanuts and then spit them at you? It's the same thing. <laughs> All right. It's like half chewed peanut butter. I mean, it's, if it's how you made in your butter, I don't know. But <laughs> crunchy peanut butter, bam. A ton of jam. Basically, as much filling as the thickness of one slice of bread so Good that Lord. as you bite into it, it just falls everywhere. Ugh. <laughs> um, let me... I don't actually know the answer to whether it's grape or strawberry, so let me let me check with Emily, because she I know she loves a peanut butter and jelly, so... Okay. Em, yeah. what kind of uh, jelly goes in peanut butter jelly? For me personally, or like traditionally? Either. Traditionally, it's grape, but grape jelly is trash. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, she says, uh, I don't know if you guys picked up picked that up. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I didn't hear it. Okay, she said that traditionally it's grape, but grape jelly is trash, so she prefers strawberry. Uh, I'm with her on that. I like strawberries, strawberry jelly a lot more than grape jelly in general. 
See, like, we don't have grape jam or grape jelly because I think we just, I don't know, we make it all into wine, I presume. Yeah, um, drink it. <laughs> Ian, you need to settle this peanut butter thing, though, because clearly there's a very strong divide between Chuck and myself. I can't. I don't like peanuts. That's unsatisfactory. No, you have to settle this. No, the, uh, that might be unsatisfactory, but I don't like any nuts. What is, I'm not allergic, what is, I just okay, don't like Okay, so them. in your stead, you have to de- deputises, your opinion deputises to Finley. So what does Finley have, crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Cool. I mean, like, it's quarter past ten, so I'm not going to wake him up and ask wake him. him and wake him I don't... <laughs> wake him up right now. Um, I think he prefers crunchy, <sighs> but we have bought both in the past... I will ask him and get back to you next episode. Thank there you. you go. All right, so pending. pending hold, decision. hold on for that one, Honey Vargas. Honey Vargas, such a good name. I know. This is a really great name. She's a Bond. She's a Bond girl in the making. Absolutely, a hundred percent. That's, that's yeah. a femme fatale name. If ever I did Definitely. hear. Do write in more. We we like a new writer, new listener asking questions other than just Dave all the time. And uh, I I wouldn't mind hearing that name on a weekly basis. That is a fantastic name. <laughs> Uh, but someone who we also love because she is a patron is Carmen. And she got in touch and said, what are your plans when the season finishes? Travels, beaches, parties, more football? What are your summer plans, gentlemen? Uh, I am going to play a fuck ton of video games. I have like six <laughs> video games that I've been sitting on waiting. I might rewatch Lost because we brought it up during our Game of Thrones episode. And I was like, you know what? been a long time since i watched lost i want to watch lost again mm-hmm. yeah. um waste a load of time yeah brilliant <laughs> yeah we're probably moving so i'll be doing to england no just to a bigger apartment a nicer apartment oh, in england we could all be in the same room it'd be great yeah <laughs> just move to england i'll uh i'll take finley's room when he ships off to military school yeah yeah i'll yeah. fuck him off tomorrow yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean you know nothing nothing too crazy oh you know what i might do actually um, back when I used to write for Chelsea Index, I would get press passes to see all the European teams when they came here, because I like it's a pretty simple verification process, and I know that people with podcasts used to go, so I might try to do that again this summer and just go like meet all the Juventus players and meet all the... I hadn't told you guys about this before, but since it came up... <laughs> if you manage to get a press pass through this shower shot, I will be incredibly jealous. That is outrageous. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know at least... When would have that? That would have been like four or five years ago when I was running that site. Yeah. Um. One of the guys that I knew from like the the circles of stuff had a podcast and they had like no listeners and he still got press passes and he was there with me when we were in the Barcelona dressing room when they were all mostly naked, <laughs> not right. taking our questions because they were like get out of our way we're trying to get dressed. And we were how like, have we not? How have we not talked about who's got the biggest dick in the Barcelona dressing room? <laughs> I say mostly naked. Also, I was like, eye contact, eye contact, eye contact. Bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) You checked out their action, come on. Uh, A lady doesn't kiss and tell, gentlemen. A lady doesn't kiss and tell. What were you doing in there? Questions. That's how American... It's Mm. it's a whole thing. Like, American... Yeah, go into the dressing room, After sports, they go in the locker rooms, and they're just like... Like, you'll see baseball guys in just a jockstrap. One leg up on a chair being like, yeah, so the thing that happened was, <laughs> look at my crutch. Just owning the space. <laughs> I love uh, it. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I used to go, I've, I've met a bunch of, Met is generous. I was in the same room as, while they were ignoring me, a bunch of people. Including, uh, I got to ask Josie Mourinho a question at a press conference. And get a stereotypically sarcastic, condescending answer, which was like a real moment of pride for me. 
Excellent. What did you ask? Uh, this was summer of 2015, so we had just won the Premier League. Um, and I said, going into the coming season, is it your priority to defend the Premier League title or to try to push for the Champions League, given that the Champions League has been such a goal of the club over time, over the history? And he was like, uh, I try to win the next match. That is it, one game at a time. What a stupid question, next. Basically, what he said. Disappointing, that sounds like a valid question. <laughs> yeah, he was like, uh, I, I want to win the next match, and that's it. It's, uh, I mean, everyone who has even a passing interest in football knows that that's total bullshit. Like, I hate that. That is the stock response. I'm just worried about the next match. I'm just looking to the next match. Of course you're not. Like, clubs even have five-year plans. I know that that's not immediately in their heads, but they're looking beyond that. It's ridiculous. I hate that. Yeah. I hate that stock response. It really gets on my tits. What about you, gentlemen? What are you guys doing this summer? Um... I will, well, hopefully, go watch the Women's World Cup because yep. yeah. I want to I see me some of that. It was the Women's FA Cup final, actually, this weekend. It was, we yeah. Man City Man City beat West Ham ladies 3-0. Yeah, Man City were absolutely dominant. You know, I only saw the second half, but my word, they were really good. I wish we could get that stuff on TV here. I could genuinely, like, I really like watching women's soccer, like the... Skill level is very high relative to, like, you know, obviously men are, like, literally bigger and faster and stronger, and that changes the way that they play, but, like, down there, it's a lot of technicality, which is really beautiful to watch. Like, I really always enjoy the Women's World Cup, and I wish we could watch. Chelsea ladies are dominant. They're so good, and I'm always reading about it, but I never get to watch them. I was pleasantly surprised it was on, like, BBC One or whatever. I was like, blimey, okay. Well, there's our summer content right there is the Women's World Cup. Yeah, so Women's World Cup, and then mostly I will be working. Because you've had your summer holiday in Peterborough, haven't you? Yeah, had my summer holiday, me, me day and a half in Peterborough. Um, yeah. Asbestos inhalation um, was great. <coughs> and <laughs> Just clearing the old throat there. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's bleeding. Um, Cough's been a while, hasn't it? <laughs> um, I've got consumption. Um, and yes, just... Summer is the busiest time of year for me, so yeah, you know, I'll probably like do some fathering as yeah. well. Um, yeah, we'll go away, take the little one to Lithuania, introduce her to some Lithuanian Jägermeister. I think she might be a touch young for that. Just no, rub it into her gums, helps her sleep. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I'll only let her drink that when England win a penalty shootout again. So, never again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. Madrid in a few weeks actually for just for a few days in the run-up to the Champions League final and I'm going with oh yeah because it's in Madrid isn't it it is yeah yeah. and I'm going with obviously my family but also a friend of mine who is a Liverpool fan I might lose her for the return flight I think because she will probably stay on to see the Champions League final if this carries on so yeah so I Wonder whether my wife would also let me just stay on for the Champions League final if uh, there was a possibility of a an English final. I mean, yeah, because you can get a press pass and you'll yeah, be able to get oh, in. I've got to try and do that, haven't I? So easy, isn't it? Champions League final. I bet they are just giving them away. Exactly, man. miles offside. What do you What do you mean you never heard of? What do you mean you're not already in? Get in there, Stimson. <laughs> Where's the other two boys? We'll send jets over. Yeah. We're in Champions League final, and then we'll be in there and we're like, you know what? Don't care for it. Don't care for it. Don't need it. Don't want it. Not even bothered. 
Not even bothered, are we? We're just here. Is there a cheese room? Probably <laughs> is. Fantastic. Show me to the cheese room. What? Just Manchego? Not interested. Have they got a microbrewery, though? That's what I want to know. So did the microbrewery actually happen? Like, I don't, we joked about it so much, but it's... It's burst. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. The cheese room isn't, but the microbrewery is. Yeah, yeah. Is it a good beer? Has anyone tried it? Do we know? I don't know. All I've seen is pictures of, like, lager things being filled up from the bottom. Ian, what are, on your hipster blogs and all the websites you follow, what did they say about the craft beer selection at, uh, at the New Zealand Me? Stadium? Did you just hit me with the hipster thing? Oh, I meant Chuck. Shit, did I say Ian? I think you, you said did. Ian. I was, oh, I was really lit up then because I was yeah. like, finally. God damn it. I just said the wrong name because your face was on my thing. I'm going to take it back and pretend that I didn't say that. And Chuck, you can react or not react as you want. No, because Ian's not going to edit it out now. <laughs> like, I am the one who would like a craft beer. <laughs> Chuck, Chuck hates it. So. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll do a tour of um, uh, the Bernabeu and see if they've got any uh, microbreweries going on. What are we doing in the summer then? Good point. I mean, obviously next episode we've got the end of season awards. Um, we're going to revisit our predictions. Dave Mateo's been safely uh, holding our predictions. He's going to send them to me next week so as we can see how wrong we were. Have any of you snuck a peek at what you sent to him? No, no, none at all. Okay, well, if you want, I won't. I won't open them until um, until the episode. I'll I'll open them live on the episode, and we will react to our terrible predictions live. But we are doing some end of season awards, so I think we'd like as many of you as possible, even if you've never interacted before, to get your nominations in for these awards because. Uh, I think it'd be nice to hear what uh, you think about these things in the season. And the award categories that we've got at the minute are best stroke worst transfer. And I'm saying the best gets the Oscar and the worst gets the chuckle. Sorry about oh, that, Chuck. Hang on, hang on. What? Why no. am I synonymous with the worst? Just a word, mate. Just came up with it out of nothing. Don't I? What? what? Can I make a request? Mm? That we call this ceremony the <laughs> annual... Map ut mers kelser. Oh, because of course you do it in fucking Norwegian. <laughs> what is that? Finnish, Norwegian, what we look at? That was Norwegian, at? that was Norwegian. Ut mers kel... No. Ut... <laughs> this is a hard fucking word. <laughs> I love speaking Norwegian. Uh, or not, as the case may be. Ut mer kelser. I think kelser. you're definitely not. Yeah, definitely not. So the annual map ut mer kelser. French. We've been neglecting the French. They've been downloading. Uh, yeah. Thank you, French. <laughs> Merci. Thank you, French. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. French. Mustard. Yeah. Merci beaucoup. Good. Lovely. There you go. There you go. Um, we were looking for maybe worst dive, uh, best stroke, worst celebration, goal of the season, obviously. Um, Dave Matteo came up with the uh, Neil Warnock Award, stroke Colin Warlock. Uh, the thing we want kicked out of the Premier League. So... That's a that's a good one for things we don't want to see in the Premier League anymore. The uh, Cavalcade of <laughs> Award. <laughs> the Cavalcade of <laughs> Award. The Cavalcade of <laughs> Award. Yeah. What What's is the that? Cavalcade of <laughs> Award? Well, what do you I, mean? I think you can interpret that however you want. I mean, there are some people that are just solid gold <laughs> and like pure. <laughs> yeah, pure <laughs> like like unfiltered, like just like concentrated, concentrated, undiluted. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, exactly. And there are some people that they're they're just stupid, but their stupidity makes them a stupid. Ah, oh, so stupid or cupid stunts. 
I'll um, that one through. Okay, so you've got like stupid c**ts and plain c**ts, solid gold c**ts, arrogant c**ts, sour c**ts, like good c**ts, bad c**ts, tall c**ts, small c**ts, <laughs> all kinds of c**ts. Did you, uh, did you manage to list all the types of c**ts there, or is there another type of c**t that you're missing? I mean, I'm very much channeling like Cheech Marine in um, From Dust Till Dawn. It's just like, <laughs> we got hairy c**ts, smelly c**ts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to use all the Patreon money on buying bleeps. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think we can leave that up to interpretation. But yeah, a cavalcade of c**tery award. Uh, then we Sam Danby uh, suggested best socks. Socks is something we've not done for a while. So we can consider best socks. Um, but he also went for personal ones to us. The worst sentence that has ever been spoken on the pod. There's a lot of material there to get through. So good luck, everyone. Yeah, please do send in your responses. I'm curious to see what the listeners think on that one specifically. Yeah. Send in your responses for everything. but Probably join us next week for episode two was probably a, <laughs> probably a bad idea. The worst, the worst sentence ever, yeah. Um, and listener with the most annoying questions, but I mean... Adam, That's just walk away. Also with it, known mate. as the Adam P. <laughs> award. <laughs> no, no, don't call it the Adam P. Award. Let's just call it the Human Punching Bag Award and see what happens. The Human Punching Bag Award for the obvious <laughs> questions. <laughs> so we're saying it's not a foregone conclusion, but Adam, get your tucks ready. <laughs> <laughs> so we would really like as many nominations as possible mainly because we can't remember everything that happened during the season so as many things that you can think of in those categories tweet them in email them in milesoffsidepod at gmail.com at milesoffsidepod on twitter and uh, we've got a facebook as well as honey vargas knows so any nominations that you've got for any of those categories please get them into us and Chuck, I don't think we're going to do the Predictor League. You said you were going to leave it in suspense. Yeah, didn't yeah. You? So, so we will also be, we will also be having a big reveal for who has won the fifty-one pound gift card for the Predictor League. Um, I have updated it, and it is incredibly interesting. And it will, it is going to the final day of the season. So, at the top or at the bottom, or do you not want to say? Um, both. Both. Actually, it's it's the top is so incredibly close. I think there's about six people within six points of each other. So at the very top, so it is very much all to play for. You're being very coy about this. Yeah. Fine. So do we want to go through fixtures for Sunday? For the last time this season. For the last time of the season. Can you believe it, gentlemen? No. We've made a season. This is the 44th episode we've done. This is mental. And the fact that every week, when every single time we finish recording and we name the files and we go, oh, holy shit, it's episode 20, episode 30, 40, 44. <laughs> like, wow, we've come a long way since our A to D previews. Still like a very listened to episode. Yeah, mostly because we both, me and you, Oscar, both listened to it recently and got. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, in the most like self-important fucking like, I just felt like such a prick doing it. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I should go back and listen to the first one. I wonder what we sounded like, especially since I was launching the Nerdy Nerd, and I was like, oh, you know, how far along were we from the first episode compared to where we are at now? I gotta say, we were pretty like we were not good at podcasting yet. <laughs> But we had our vibe down. Like, we knew who we were pretty quickly. We're a bunch of c***s. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the award goes to this guy. <laughs> um, so, as we all know, it is going down to the final day of the season at the top half. The top four, who knows, who really cares? It's just a that's the cavalcade of c***ery right there. Um, <laughs> but obviously televised as well is Brighton against Man City at the Amex and Liverpool taking on Wolves at Anfield. So two big matches there, but effectively Man City win and it's and it's all over. But Liverpool definitely got the tougher game there. Um, but Brighton have shown that all of a sudden they don't mind attacking now. So stranger things have happened, as we've seen tonight with Liverpool smashing Barcelona 4-0 with exactly. basically their reserve team. But after that, we've got Burnley. Well, I say after, it's all at the same time. Always the same. Always the same every year. Um, Burnley, Arsenal, <laughs> Palace, Bournemouth, Fulham, Newcastle, Leicester, Chelsea, Man United, oh, who Cardiff. Cares? Who cares about all them? Yeah, to be honest, no one gives a fuck. Apart from Cardiff beating Man United. Um, that would be good. Um, <laughs> yeah, Solskjaer just realising what he could have won. Very much like it was an episode of Bullseye. Um, one for the teenagers there and one for the Americans. Um <laughs> Oh, God, American people don't look up bullseye. Don't look up bullseye. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Pinnacle of British light entertainment. Um, Southampton, Huddersfield is horrible. Spurs, Everton, (laughs) uh, Watford. (laughs) It's just a load of shit. But obviously, we're all going to be watching those uh, Man City and Liverpool games um, because it's just astounding that it has somehow managed to go to the final day of the season and as much as especially myself we've slagged off Liverpool and etc or been rooting for City or one or the other these two teams are two of the most impressive teams I can ever remember seeing in my lifetime and it's yeah. incredible I love love last day of the season in the US because they broadcast all 10 matches they just NBC owns a ton of cable channels like they'll put Southampton Huddersfield on like the Bravo Network, which is like home decorating, other the rest of the time is just like a dedicated home decorating channel. Love it. I think actually I don't even know what Bravo is. That might be TLC. There, I don't know. There's a bunch of channels that NBC owns, and they're like, you get a match, and you get a match, and you get a match. So like all ten are on. <laughs> like Oprah. And it's just fantastic yeah, exactly. being in a sports bar and genuinely having ten matches on at once to watch just everywhere. Yeah, that was that's a good time. I might make it out to the uh, Legends Pub again this year. Because, like, you just, you'll hear, like, one corner way <laughs> the fuck in the back being like, hey, and it's three guys wearing Southampton jerseys. Have you ever been to the Black Horse? Where? Well, New York, because the always cheating guys, uh, that's their, like, home pub for watching uh, watching the matches. No, I haven't, actually. I'll, uh, I'll look it up, see where it is. Yeah, they're doing a game week uh, 38 meetup at the Black Horse. I'm always quite jealous I can't go, but... But this year I'm going to the Maple Leaf with Chuck, so that's the same. Same thing, isn't it? Oh, that's in Brooklyn. That's where all the hipsters are. That's where, isn't that your favourite part of New York? <laughs> no, fuck Brooklyn. I'm from Queens, baby. I'm pretty sure Represent. you love the you love all the hipster stuff, though, don't you? You, no, no, you love no, all the microbrews. No, 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 pretty sure no, no, I'm pretty sure you're thinking of yourself. Got quite a few listeners in New York, so just wrote back on that. Oh, no, fuck Brooklyn. <laughs> Nuh-uh, don't cut that shit out. I'm from Uh Queens, baby. Represent. (laughs) Queens and Brooklyn have a rivalry because we're the two boroughs that are on Long Island. Manhattan is its own island. The Bronx is attached to the mainland U.S. Staten Island, which everyone hates and is trash, is on their own in their own little island. It's just garbage island. We don't respect them. They're basically New Jersey. Fine. And Queens and Brooklyn... Got a lot of listeners in New Jersey as well. (laughs) Great. Well, you know, they can keep it. Um, (laughs) 
Jesus. We love Virginia. Are from- Virginia, we love you. We love you, Virginia. You're yeah. great. Virginia, we love. But yeah, not West Virginia. We've already covered this. Virginia has Waffle House. I would never speak ill of Virginia. Okay? I'm obsessed with Waffle House. Thank God. But I have strong New York opinions. And fuck Brooklyn. Okay? Land of hipsters and people who think that they're better than people from Queens, but they're not actually better. Queens has better food and has real sports teams. So fuck you, Brooklyn. Uh, So yeah, no, I will not be joining those gentlemen at the Black Horse. (laughs) I'll tweet the always cheating guys and see what they think of your comments will <laughs> yeah they, they won't care because people from brooklyn don't actually care about queens we have a rivalry with them they don't actually acknowledge us because they think they have a rivalry with manhattan and manhattan doesn't give a shit about anybody because it's manhattan it's like it's the city like even <laughs> when you're in new york you'll be like oh i'm going to the city and you're like well aren't you already in the city no no no. we mean manhattan manhattan is the real city wow there's a lot of dynamics there yeah clearly <laughs> a lot of local politics not sure if that means whether you want to be part of the community or not um but anyway <laughs> Anyway, I'll be watching Arsenal. Adam will love this, but I will be rooting hard for Arsenal because one, I hate Burnley and fuck Burnley. I always want them to lose as viciously as possible. And two, I would just die if they make up the eight goal difference. They'll make up seven. <laughs> Let's face it, they'll make up seven. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And Spurs could lose to Everton. Like, Arsenal don't have to score eight if Everton score three and Arsenal score five. Spurs don't have any players. It's not beyond the realms of possibility, I suppose. Yeah, but Burnley are going to win 4-0, so... Fuck Burnley. They, is, wouldn't that be the most Burnley thing? It'd be totally Burnley. To just, like, just like ruin the day. Most Burnley Burnley. And then Arsenal miss out. <laughs> it's win-win, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but Chuck's, like, Liverpool hatred as well, which I sort of... I get where you're coming from, but as a neutral, like I just want to see something different happen. I mean, isn't it no. Liverpool? No. no. <laughs> you're a northerner, so you would. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> That's Didn't true. you have a Liverpool jersey when you were a kid? No. I thought you told us that. No. My my son got bought one as a baby because all of Kel's family are Liverpool, but no, not me. Ah, uh, so that's why you've got people in your ear. That's where it is. You're, oh, I want to see something different. <laughs> they're in your brain. They're in your mind. Anyway, enough of this. Yeah, we'll be back with you next week with our end of season awards. Many sad. Um, but it'll be, what, like 12 weeks until football's back again? Yeah, it's not that long. Something like that. It'll be very quick. Slow down for a sec. There's no way we're getting out of here. I'm not letting you guys get out of here without saying who wins the title and who makes fourth place. We're putting our money where our mouth is right now with one with one game to go. If only there was a formalized way that we could have done this at the start of the season, potentially with sure, entrance to the full league and right a prize structure. Going into the last weekend, is it going to be City? Yes. Ian? Head says City, heart with the momentum says Liverpool. I'll go Liverpool. You imagine Liverpool does an Aguero moment? Ooh. Yeah. That would be pretty juicy. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going City also. And then for fourth place, I got to give it, I got to go Arsenal. I really hope it's Arsenal. I'm going Chelsea. <laughs> well, all right. Spurs could get, no, if Spurs win, they could get third easy. Chelsea fourth. Pow, pow. Didn't co- coming at you from a different angle. Caught you unawares, fool. A real Arya Stark over here popping up at us. <laughs> Who's getting relegated? Oh, done. Damn it. Um. Sad faces. Bye-bye, Cardiff. Bye-bye, Fulham. And thank fuck, bye-bye, Huddersfield. Thank you guys all for listening as well. It's been an amazing season. We will see you next week for our end-of-season awards and all kinds of other shit. So take care, Ian. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Oscar. Bye-bye, Chuck. And bye from me as well. Take care, guys, and goodbye.